0: Do you ever just want to hear how the famous found fame, how the poor man became a millionaire, how risking comfort gave someone more freedom? Honestly, do you ever just wonder if everything will be okay? Welcome to the Y'all Podcast, where everyone has a seat at the table. I'm your host, Laura Jean Bell. In this space, I will share stories about life, Jesus, and the South, stories of the past and the ones that are still being written to instill hope without fear of the future. Meet with me around the table, sharing tales about the lives of others of business and risk and heartache and joy and failure and success. Let go of the fear that hopelessness is your destiny and fill up on the encouragement that mercies are new each day. Because the best thing about a story is that there is a beginning and an end. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to the y'all podcast for the month of March. So I know that we've taken a little bit of a break and we chose to now start doing biweekly episodes. Um, I wanted to get the year started off big so you could have eight episodes to listen to right off the start to really decide if this podcast was something you wanted to get hooked on. And I hope that you're hooked. So the month of March is going to be a really fun month for me. And I'm sharing kind of a personal story, something that I think is actually really important to share, mainly because number one, it's one of my personal journeys, but number two, because there's a lot more people that are affected by this than I think we realize, or maybe even give credit for. And so today I want to make you aware that the month of March is endometriosis awareness month. And so this month I want to share about my journey to motherhood and the battle with endometriosis. This topic is It might seem a little bit strange, but the stories um, and the things that God did, the journey to discovering that I had endometriosis uh, was actually a really long journey. And the journey to healing, the journey to becoming a mother was a long story as well. And so I just want to share, I want to start out today by sharing with you some interesting facts about endometriosis. So for those of you who are sitting here thinking, what in the world is endometriosis? I'll give you a small <laughs> small uh little piece of information. Endometriosis is a disorder in which tissue that normally lines a uterus actually grows outside of it instead. And it affects girls and women of reproductive age and it can attach to any organ associated with reproduction. On average, in the United States, it takes 10 years from symptom onset to receive an accurate diagnosis. Okay. Let me say that one more time. On average in the United States, it takes 10 years from symptom onset to receive an accurate diagnosis. I cannot describe to you how accurate that that one last line is. So I want to share with you just a couple more facts about endometriosis. So if you're sitting here, again, I have no idea what this is. Do like, I don't even know anyone who has this. Well, 176 million women in the world have endometriosis. Here's something else. 10 years is the average time for a woman to be diagnosed with endometriosis. 82% of women are at times unable to carry out day-to-day activities due to endometriosis. 30 to 50% of women with endometriosis may experience infertility. 68% of women with endometriosis were initially misdiagnosed with another condition. One in 10 women get affected by endometriosis during their reproductive years. So that's ages 15 to 49. And then 27 is the average age when a woman is first diagnosed with endometriosis. Y'all. When I first read all of these facts, I thought, yep, I check off every single box, except that the average age for me, or the average age, the age for me was 25. So every single one of these I experienced um, in my journey to getting better health and figuring out what in the world was happening to me. I have family members that have battled with this as well and were misdiagnosed, were brushed aside, this isn't anything bad. And then all of a sudden they're having, I mean, horrific experiences that finally made a doctor look a little deeper. So to share with you just a little bit about my story and my journey of really finding health and then eventually trying to have a baby all of the things in my life, all of the symptoms that began to arise happened when I was about 18 years old. I never struggled with pain, never struggled with really anything until my freshman year of college. I was good. I felt healthy. Nothing hurt me. Nothing. I I really was a very healthy, able-bodied person. And when I was 18, probably 19 years old, I was, I just come home from the summer from my freshman year of college. And one morning I woke up and I was experiencing this enormous amount of pain, enormous amount of pain. And I thought my lower abdomen, um, I thought maybe it was just cramps or something, but I'd never really experienced anything like that before. So I got up and I took some ibuprofen and I laid back down in bed and thought this will pass. But It didn't. And, um, the pain got worse and I thought maybe I need, maybe it's my back. Like maybe I need to get in the bathtub and just kind of lay in the tub for a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And so I got up and I started running a bath and all of a sudden I felt really flushed. I started sweating. My ears started ringing and I thought I'm about to pass out. This pain is so excruciating. I, I can't even move. Um, thankfully my sister one of my sisters was home at the time and i started screaming for her help i started throwing up um i couldn't move she came to my room and helped me to my bed and i looked at her and i said i think you need to call 911 something something really horrible is happening to me right now and i i don't know what it is um and i said if you don't call 911 at least call mom and dad so, like this is really bad I even remember rolling over in the bed and getting in a ball and saying, Jesus, I'm ready. I'm ready. Like you can take me. I know heaven has no sickness or pain, and I am ready to be in that place because this, I literally thought I was going to die. It was such excruciating pain. And my parents came home and the pain after about 30 or 40 minutes, it subsided. Um, But it was probably the longest 30 or 40 minutes of my life. It was excruciating pain and I just kind of called it an episode. Like maybe this is a hormonal thing. I don't know. Like maybe other people have experienced this before. My sisters had kind of talked about having pain before, but it was nothing that I thought I would ever have or experience because I'd never had or experienced any of that. And following that day, I started noticing that anytime I would eat something, I would have a stomach ache really bad stomach ache, like something that I've never experienced before. I was always having to run to the bathroom. I felt really sick. It didn't matter what I put in my system. I was hurting after every meal. I even ate extremely healthy. I kind of came to a point where all I could really tolerate was a plant-based diet. And even still with a plant-based diet, I had very similar symptoms to someone who had IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. I was struggling all the time. I really and truly kind of came to a point where I thought, you know, this is just my life. I mean, I can even remember in college eating three peanut MMs, and my roommates can attest to this who are listening eating three peanut MMs and having to lay down on the couch. For nearly an hour while my stomach tolerated and dealt with the three peanut MMs that I put in my system. Y'all, it was terrible. It was an unbelievable amount of pain that I would experience every time I would eat. I went to doctors. I had all types of samples that I had to give to doctors and walk through all types of things. And everyone came back with more than likely it's just IBS. You're fine. Just kind of watch what you eat. We can give you some medicine for your gut, but there's really nothing we can do. Well, after my freshman year, I had another quote unquote episode, like I did my freshman year in my dorm room. And then my junior year of college, I had another one. And then my senior year of college, I think I experienced the worst episode that I had yet to experience. Um, I was on a run. Around my school's campus, and I was almost home, and I started to feel the pain, and it was very familiar, and I knew something was wrong. Um, but as I was trying to walk back to my apartment, the pain became so excruciating that I had to get down on all fours and nearly crawl back um, to my apartment. I had so much pain, my ears started ringing, I started feeling like I was gonna throw up. Um, I remember going into my apartment and my friend and her boyfriend, who's now her husband, uh, were sitting there watching TV and I looked at her. I said, it's happening and I need you to call. I need you to call my mom. Something, something's wrong. Um, I ended up laid out on our bathroom floor and I had a full fledged anxiety attack with, I, I remember looking down at my hands and saying, my hands are tingling. My hands are tingling and my hands had turned blue. Um, I was laying there in full fledged panic because There was nothing I could do except ride out the pain. It was so excruciating. It was so painful. Every time I went to a doctor about it and asked questions, instead of giving me ultrasounds and looking deeper, they just offered me birth control. And that was it. That was the diagnosis. Oh, okay. Well, we'll just give you birth control. It just sounds like you may have bad cramps or something and nothing else was was searched for deeper. By the time I was early married, I can remember driving in my car and I felt another one come on. And this time it was different. It was the same type of pain, but it was a pressure like I had never experienced before. It was so bad that I had to pull off the road because I started to black out. And I called my mom and she said, listen, you need to call your doctor immediately, call your OBGYN. And you need to get this looked at deeper. You have this is in our family line, and you need you need to look at this deeper. So I called the doctor and they said, "We can see you in three weeks, take a Tylenol and lay down." <laughs> I understand busy doctors, and I understand, you know, so many people call and say that they're having pain and their pain is nothing, but when you're in that type of excruciating pain, and doctors just kind of brush you off like it's really not that bad. Oh y'all, there are no words. Anyways, a a couple of weeks later, I ended up at my OBGYN's office and they decided to do an ultrasound to see if they could find maybe any type of reason for this experience that I had. After they did the ultrasound, I... I sat and waited and waited for the nurse. I went to see the nurse practitioner because the doctor was too busy to see me. So the nurse practitioner comes in, but when she came in, she brought my OBGYN. And the doctor came in, he sat down with a concerned look on his face and he said, let's pray together. And this doctor was a really kind man and he sat down and he prayed with me. And then he looked at me and he said, I need to talk to you about what we found on your ultrasound and about what steps we're going to take moving forward, which is not something that you want to hear (laughs) after having an ultrasound. You're thinking maybe it's, you know, I don't know. I guess I just kind of thought like maybe it's not really that bad, but the doctor comes in and he begins talking with me about how he found a six centimeter cyst on my right ovary and two, three centimeter cysts on my left. And he said, these aren't just any cysts. These look like endometriomas, which means that there is a pretty strong chance that you have endometriosis and we need to go ahead and move forward with a pretty quick surgery to remove this and make sure that there is not any endometriosis surrounding these cysts because the way it looks, it looks like there is. And this is probably an explanation to the type of pain that you've been in. Many looked at me and said, you're a really tough girl because this type of stuff is no joke. And you've been in a lot of pain for a long time. In a lot of ways, that's validating. And in a lot of ways, it's very scary, but we moved forward. And in March of 2017, my husband and I were living with my parents at the time, and we went forward with a surgery, a laparoscopic surgery to remove the cysts and anything else that they found within the exploratory surgery. After coming out, they found endometriosis all over my uterus, bladder, and ovaries, and they removed the cysts. My doctor essentially told my husband that I had been in a lot of pain for a long time, that I was a tough girl, felt very validating. But he also said, it's important that you start trying to have children immediately. Because with cases like this, infertility is a part of it and you have about 18 months before it starts coming back. So you need to start trying to have children because being pregnant, having a hysterectomy and breastfeeding is about the only thing that keeps endometriosis away. So once I got healed up from the surgery, Cody and I started trying, trying to have kids, not getting pregnant, trying to have kids, not getting pregnant, trying trying, 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 not getting pregnant. But within the first three months of surgery, I started experiencing pain again, pain in my gut, pain in my lower abdomen, pain in my back, same type of pain since before surgery. And everyone told me surgery will get rid of the pain. You won't have pain anymore, but that pain came back and it came back fast. So I called my doctor. I told him what was going on and they couldn't see me for a couple of months. So. In the meantime, we just kept trying to have a baby and kept not getting pregnant. By October of that year, they finally got me in for an appointment. And when they did another ultrasound, they discovered that another cyst had formed. Actually, two more cysts had formed, a three centimeter and a five centimeter cyst. They had formed rather quickly and had been growing in the meantime that I was waiting to see the doctor. And again, they scheduled another surgery, a surgery for 10 months after my first surgery. So January of 2018, I had another surgery to remove endometriosis. Very disappointing. Let me tell you, that is a disappointing, it's just disappointing. There's no other words. It's disappointing news. It's frustrating to go through the recovery and the healing all over again. And in the meantime, before the surgery and before going in for my second one, I went to see a holistic doctor who looked at my numbers and said, you have very low progesterone and very high estrogen, which means your doctor needs to give you progesterone. You need progesterone to raise those levels. It's really important that this happens or else these cysts are going to keep coming back. Um, my doctor at the time was unwilling to issue any progesterone, um, supplements to me because he didn't consider me an infertility case yet, quote unquote. So instead of treating what this holistic doctor was finding, um, they just kept performing surgeries. I brought them the results and everything and nothing really changed, I had changed my diet. I had stopped eating dairy, gluten, and sugar, which is a lot to remove from a diet, but I was determined to be well and to not hurt anymore and to figure out what in the world was going on. Everyone told me, oh, after a laparoscopic surgery, be careful, you'll get pregnant fast. Be careful, you'll get pregnant fast. Be careful. Oh, be aware, you're going to get pregnant really fast. And that didn't happen. I did not get pregnant fast. I did not get pregnant at all. And so after my second surgery, the doctor says the same thing. You need to get pregnant. You need to have a baby. You need to get pregnant. You need to have a baby. And I thought I would love to do that, but that's not happening. And I remember sitting in one specific appointment with this doctor. He's an excellent doctor and a God-fearing man. And he said to me, he said, I believe God can do anything. And we're going to pray that he'll do anything for you. But I'm here to tell you with with the way things are moving and the the way that your body is responding to to so many things, having children is more than likely going to be a challenge for you. And I just kind of want to mentally prepare you for that. Um, but I believe God can do anything so Um, but I just want to warn you that you may have to start praying and considering other ways to have kids. That is not something you want to hear after you've gone through all types of surgery and recovery. Um, the doctor ended up leaving the room and the nurse stayed behind and she smiled at me and she was almost out the door and she turned and she grabbed, she grabbed my my wrist. Remember her just kind of putting her hand on my wrist. And she said, do you believe in Jesus? And I said, yeah, I do. And she said, um, she said, I want you to know that there's nothing God cannot do. What's impossible for me and is possible for God. And if you're okay with it, I would really like to pray with you and pray that this news doesn't mean anything. That God is going to intervene in your life and do something miraculous. In that moment, I didn't really want to pray. But I agreed to let her pray with me. I was just mad. Normally, I'm a person who's very receptive to that kind of stuff, but I was just really mad in the moment. So she prayed with me and she walked out the door. And if I can do a shameless plug to all my nurses out there, y'all are the real deal. Y'all do it all, and you see so many hard things and you have so many hard conversations. And I'm so grateful for that nurse because it was in that moment in that prayer that I know God was moving and God was doing something really, really, really powerful in my life that I didn't recognize yet. And that her prayers and her, um, intercession for me was way bigger than I realized. And man, I'm just, I'm beyond grateful. I'm beyond grateful for people like her that just decided I'm going to risk embarrassment or I'm going to risk this person saying, please leave me alone, get out. Um, for the sake of praying for this person and caring for this patient. And so I'm really grateful for her because I don't even know her name, but she was in the room with me. Um, And man, I'm so grateful for her prayers because they worked. And um, about a month later, I started having pain again. So after a second surgery, two surgeries in 10 months, I ended up having pain again. And I was so frustrated. This doctor's office that I was going to was a really, really, really large office with a lot of patients. And although they're great doctors, there wasn't a lot of attention to detail when it came to my case. And I felt really frustrated. I didn't want to keep going back and hearing the same things. And so I ended up going to coffee with a friend and she was on a journey that was really Really different than mine, but one where she really understood the frustrations that I was walking through. And she said to me, Friend, don't wait any longer. Just don't wait any longer. I want you to go see my doctor in Birmingham. He's a really awesome doctor, he's with the American Institute of Reproductive Medicine. And I think that he would take a closer look at your medical records and maybe be able to see what the problem is as to why you aren't getting pregnant, why this is happening, the issues going on with you, why you keep having to have surgeries and stop and then start again and stop and start again. And all of these different crazy things that these doctors have been having you do. And these doctors visits that are taking you three and four hours just to hear you have to have another surgery or maybe get on birth control for a while or try to have a baby, but we can't help you yet with that. So even though I kind of felt like a fraud since it had only been about Maybe a little over a year after trying and not getting pregnant. But I went ahead and went to this doctor, Dr. Cecil Long. Y'all, this man is one of my favorite people on planet Earth. And Cody and I went to see Dr. Long in Birmingham. He sat down with us for an hour and a half. He reviewed my medical records. And while he was sitting there looking at it, he looked at me and he said, I don't know what other people have said to you, but you're going to have children. This isn't going to be hard, but here's the thing. We have to act fast because the way that your body is responding to cyst endometriosis, the way that your body is reacting is that it is rapidly reproducing cysts way faster than most women with your case. And because these cysts keep rapidly reproducing, it's hindering you from getting pregnant. So here's what we've got to do we've got to beat the cysts. We've got to get ahead of it. So I'm going to get you started immediately on fertility treatments. Getting pregnant is not something that's easy for everyone. You only have a 20% chance of getting pregnant each month, 20%. That's it. So pregnancy can be so easy for some women and for some women, it is nearly impossible. Every person is different. Every experience and every journey is different. But this doctor decided to act fast with me because of the way my body was rapidly reproducing these cysts, period. So Cody and I started a fertility journey sitting through fertility clinic appointments and sitting in that waiting room and meeting other people who had been on this journey for much longer than we had people who have faced way more disappointment than we had, and really being encouraged by the doctors and the nurses and the staff at this office that loved us so, so well. This journey, man, one thing that I've learned in this whole process is that you know your body. You know, the pain that you're experiencing, you know, the frustration you're experiencing, and it's important that you advocate for yourself. I had years where doctors brushed me aside, said, there's nothing wrong. You have IBS. You have IBS. No, I don't. I had a horrible case of endometriosis that was actually sending messages and signals and pain into my gut. I had gut problems because I had hormonal problems. That's it. And no doctor was willing to look further until after five or six years of excruciating episodes and pain that finally led a doctor to maybe consider an ultrasound. I think if I could go back to younger Laura, I would have said, request an ultrasound. Call them and say, I want an ultrasound sign me up for this. I need this. Because at the time I didn't know, I didn't know how to advocate for myself. I didn't know what I was looking at. I had never gone to holistic doctor or gone into an OBGYN office and requested a specific thing. I just trusted that the doctor would do what was best for me. And oftentimes I just forgot that doctors are people and that they're not perfect, that they're used to seeing very specific things that end up being the same old, same old. But for me, I needed someone to look deeper. So if anyone out there is listening and some type of something that I have said has resonated with you, I want to encourage you, advocate for your health, advocate for your time spent in a doctor's office. Tell a doctor how you're feeling. Request specific things because y'all If 176 million women in the world have endometriosis and it takes 10 years, 10 years is the average time that it takes for a woman to be diagnosed with endometriosis. Y'all, it took seven years for me, seven years. 2010 was the year that I first experienced pain and it was not until 2017 when that was discovered. So seven years before I was diagnosed with endometriosis, seven years of horrible gut problems, 7 years of pain that threw me on the floor of a, the bathroom, totally passed out, anxiety attacks, pain that was completely unexplained, eating 3 M&Ms that would send me to lay on a couch for an hour to deal with it. Y'all, 7 years. I want to encourage you, fight for your health, advocate for yourselves, and know that along the way God is moving and working. Here's the thing that nurse that stopped and she prayed for me and she believed that God would do something impossible, that there was nothing that God could can, cannot do. What that nurse doesn't know <laughs> is that there is nothing my God cannot do would be the anthem of this whole entire journey. So in coming weeks, so not this coming week, but the next I will be sharing the journey through fertility treatments and how I ended up finding out that I was pregnant with my sweet Emmy Lou Bell. Y'all, thank you so much for listening in today. I hope that this story brought hope to someone, that it encouraged someone. Maybe someone's walking along the same journey. There are so many women who are walking through so many. Harder things. And I truly believe that the people in my life, the friend that sent me to a different doctor, the nurse that prayed for me, that all of those things lined up to make this journey not as long, not as long as some other women have walked through. And I'm eternally grateful for that. I truly believe that the voice of my friend who sent me to a different doctor was a product of the prayer of that nurse that stopped and prayed. And she declared over my life that there was nothing that God could not do. someone could at least just give me an answer, no matter if I was having a child or not, that I could have an answer to the pain and the frustration that I was dealing with. I hope someone listening in today can be encouraged and know that there is nothing that God cannot do. Y'all, thanks for listening in today. I'll talk to y'all soon. Y'all, thank you so much for listening in today. I hope this story left you encouraged as you go about the rest of your day and week. If you want to follow along with updates, blogs, and more episodes, head over to my website, larabellewrites.com. That's W R I T E S.com and subscribe. You can stay up to date with all the upcoming podcast episodes and blogs. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to like the y'all podcast page on Facebook, or you can follow along with at y'all podcast on Instagram. If you want, you can take a peek inside my personal Insta feed at Laura underscore Jean underscore bell. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified for every new episode. I'll talk to y'all soon.